1: Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hurts is back. He's gonna go with the draw. He's gonna run. He's gonna score. Jalen Hurts.
2: He's healthy. Right. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws
1: lane wide open, back in the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City Marquez Valdez Scantling. On a six-yard touchdown pump fakes to the right, oh, got him. throws to the got end zone. It is caught <laughs> by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown, Bengals. Burrow sucked the Bills in with a pump fake, and Hayden Hurst was wide open at the goal line. Thirty out of the shotgun. Kittle and checker right. Ayuk uh, the other side. Handoff. McCaffrey. Touchdown.
0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Monday morning here on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Uh, Robbie did a pretty nice job filling in for me on Friday, so I, I thought I'd try to fill in my beard a little bit to try to pass like Robbie, hey, but I don't, I don't think it I How don't think long it is that
3: going to take to grow? Let's this? Just, just right here? here. Yeah.
0: Months? Yeah. Well, I'll get scolded by, by my mom to, sh- to shave before I even get it to be good. Nothing says twenty
3: six likes <laughs> getting scolded by your mom.
0: And I'll listen too. I'll
3: listen. She'll what? be like, Andrew, shave your face. I'll be like, sorry mom, all right, I'll go upstairs. I'll go upstairs right <laughs> now. Listen, listen. She doesn't like um, she doesn't like hair.
0: No, she just she likes the clean cut look. My dad's like a guy that shaves every day. He will never have a five o'clock shadow. He will never even have a shadow.
3: I'm just telling you. With a name like Barry Rogers, he probably has a glow. an aura, if you will. So that is an all-American superstar, clean-cut-shaven name, mm-hmm. Barry. Right. Yeah. I'm, it's, I'm telling you, he sounds like a closet superhero
0: So insert yourself into my family here This is how weird okay. we are We like sing his name because we know it bothers him Barry and so leave it at, Rogers, <laughs> Barry no. Rogers it's like, I can't even do it, my voice is already gone It's so hoarse, I don't know why it's hoarse either Spending all that
3: time in the loo this weekend
0: Yeah, you know, um, but we just sing to him in a high-pitched voice and it's to the it's to the tune of Carol of the Bells, the Trans Siberian Orchestra song. Yeah, I don't know if we could hang out. <laughs> it's like it's like my name is Bear, my name is Bear. It's like so we just go through that and uh, let's ju- let's just say we could start a band. We could yeah. start
3: a family band. We could be the Von Traps. The Von Traps. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Von Ericks. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a wrestling guy? Von Erics. You don't know, no, I just oh well, a lot of tragedy too so you don't want to be those you don't want to no. be that family no um neither safe travels though no safe flight, travels no though. flight cancellations no we
0: flew southwest believe it or not no flight cancellations although I'm really good about checking in for my flight before I leave I'm shocked I am not so good about checking in when I'm supposed to come back I because I, I'm in the I'm in the heat of doing a bunch of things, and then all of a sudden, five hours later, I'm like, no,
3: I know I'm going to get the seaboarding group. And I, I did. I watched uh, a piece last night on the news about the horrors of losing luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was predominantly Southwest of all those cancellations Good. a month ago. And, you know, this, this particular lady and this family has a tracker for her luggage, so she finally found it after a month, which would be. Oh, like an air tag? Yeah, which would be very stressful.
0: You know, very stressful. Those instances too. I I know a buddy that lost a camera on a flight one time, and he was in baggage claim services, whatever whatever it
3: is, mm-hmm. for two
0: hours yeah, when he got on a trip. That's
3: only happened to me once, uh, and it was a late flight. It was the latest flight. Matter of fact, on that flight coming back, I was um, I saw Bomac, who was Terrence Crawford's trainer, and terrence coming back at the same time so we kind of chopped it up in the airport waiting for mm-hmm. luggage if you will it's very stressful but what i learned to do since then uh is the necessities so the the good stuff is always with me and i keep my shaving kit like my hide, hygiene kit with me in my bag which is huge because o- outside of that I'll f- I'll figure out the clothes and shoes situation. Yeah
0: and, and that's a big thing because I don't do that Yeah I have So to. if I lost my bag I lose it all Yeah and I, it's uh, go to the
3: store pick out one of everything I see I bring have though I travel with I keep one in the in the truck Just shave it Really kit. oh yeah everything couple I got a I got a vitamin kit toothbrush toothpaste powder uh, mouthwash. Yeah, if you ever had your car sh- searched, <laughs> people would be like, do you live in here? <laughs> well, I just think you just never know. Do you have a microwave in there? No. That'd be nice, though. And I, I'm struggling. There's a couple things that still have to be fixed on my car. I have uh, just annoying stuff, right? Like for total first-world problems, like this SOS thing where you can call if it's an emergency. Like the on-star button. Blinks red. And on my dash, it shows up like as a hazard, so the chip for that or whatever is like forever. I feel like for, that's for a, for,
0: more of a problem than just like an everyday thing in your car dude, like is, is we're, something we're, wrong we're, with we're,
3: that?: We're going on like a week now, and the other thing is very Shane, you can relate to this, so in like newer vehicles, uh-huh. The tire pressure thing is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mine so actually needs to be inflated. Listen, my back right. I'm coming up at like 32 PSIs, and it still comes on.
2: So yeah, I it,
3: think it's where I, they set the, the pressures for everything, and then it goes from there like as the benchmarks. I have to redo that. It just too. makes me laugh how everything needs a recall like you get a new car and it's
0: because they don't really know if uh, the car is going well, to fully work. Is, it's like, "Ah, it, oh, you got to recall. we got a new
3: part for you yeah, if you breathe on it correctly." Like mm-hmm. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Go back to making old cars like they did in the 80s, real hey, steel. <laughs> you know who can make cars work? Dingmans. Yeah. And so, you know what? I that would have been so convenient if they could have like fixed the motherboard and stuff in the But that's not really what they do. Like you have to kind of go you have to go back to the dealership, which yeah, no. Could be mm-hmm. a while. Well, and if
0: you need any car auto repair, at least because of weather conditions that drove you into a light pole or just because you have. The SOS signal going off on you at all times. A lot of little things. It's a strobe light in DB's car. Go to Dingman's Collision Center. They've got you hooked up. They work on all makes and models. They have four locations. You can find them really really anywhere in town in Omaha. Visit dingmans.com to schedule an estimate today. Now, here's where I thought I was on a reality TV show this weekend. So we're flying back. We're in the Chicago airport, Midway, and... These three blonde women were just arguing, and it—it it, it was more of like the it, the eighth grade to high school teenage girl fight, right? They separate from each other. They're sitting in different parts of the airport. These ladies were in like their like
3: late forties, okay. early fifties. Okay, and I just wondered why you it's went like Real Housewives. The, I went. I wondered why you went to the blonde card as yeah. a, as a. <laughs> no, that's no, that's, I was just,
0: I was just dis- describing, like, put the picture in your mind okay. of what you're about to see. What Lip fillers, long? makeuped up, like, you're, you're really watching TLC at this moment. And uh, I thought Ashton Kutcher was going to jump out at any moment. Okay, But this one blonde woman walks up to the other one, and they're talking about how they're fighting over her brother. Um, like, I don't know if one of them was married to the brother and they got into a fight. And she she's like, I think I deserve an apology. And the other one's like, I'm not doing this here. And they are just combative toward each other back and forth. And she's like, she, whatever her name was, I'm not doing this here. I'm not, do-. And that girl kept trying to, like, poke the bear. Because you could obviously tell the one that didn't want to talk was the one that was ticked off. And the other one, the apologetic one, that... In turn, made you want to apologize to her? Do you, you know anybody like that where you, you're wrong, but you end up getting the apology? Yeah, I had an instance like that at the golf simulator bar this weekend too. The lady brought out, so I ordered a wrap. Pretty easy, pretty standard order, right? You get a wrap, you ask for if you want it on white or wheat, and then the side. So I said, I want a wheat wrap with waffle fries. I got a white wrap with tater tots so like something was wrong with either you put in the order wrong or they messed it up in the kitchen so I just told her I was like hey you know it's not a big deal I'll, I'll like still eat it but I just wanted to let you know like I wanted this and this and she's like well I worked at the hospital for 10 hours last night so um yeah it, it's been so long so thanks for telling me that I you know it up and I'm like um it's, should I apologize to you? No. And then, but then, <laughs> oh, but for me, apologize. I am Mister. I'm Mister. Well, you're not gonna snap at me, and I'm not. I'm not just gonna sit here and take it. And so I Mr. said, Cla- Mister Clapback. Oh my goodness. So I said, Well, I mean, did you give your patient pudding when he wanted Jello? Like, what are you talking about here? Like, no, you, you swear to God, <laughs> swear to God. Because I'm like, wait a second, you got it wrong. I'm gonna tell you, you got it wrong. I didn't say like, hey, give me a refund or anything. I didn't say I wanted waffle fries, too. I'm like, I'll eat it. I just wanted to let you know, like, hey, I got something different. And if it was a mess up in the kitchen, you can address it. No, she made me, like, want me to apologize to her. And so I'm like, oh, well, I don't do that. Well, there is a, there is a nursing shortage. Maybe it's maybe I it's level hey, stress. you know what? If she wants to work for 10, 12 hours, and I, and I am very much appreciative of anybody that works in healthcare. But I didn't I didn't ask you if you worked in healthcare and that you deserved a high five for it. I gave her a high five for ha- it.
1: Hashtag be all fair. I
0: all I did was say, Hey, I, I ordered this and you gave me that and then you, you pulled the healthcare card on me. Guilt? Yeah,
3: she she made me. She wanted
0: to try to make me feel bad.
3: Did you put? Did you have on your Teflon armor of righteousness? I
0: feel like I needed a bulletproof vest
3: with how many shots were trying to be fired at me. Shots fired. Shots fired. I feel like a penguin. It was kind of like everybody else this weekend, or if you were ranked number one or number two in college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> and I watched
0: that game too. It was TCU KU at the bar, and there were a ton of KU fans for some Always. reason. Always, I mean, like all deep, over the place. mob deep. And that game wasn't even close. No,
3: pillar to post. I was watching that game real time, and I'm, I think my mouth dropped open. So, you know, once TCU went on the 17-0 run, and you could, like, hear a pin drop at the fog. And I think in the back of my mind the whole time I thought, okay, he was going to make a run, because they came right back with a little mini run of their own. But TCU just wasn't having it, man. The mm-hmm. barrage of threes. There were some crazy college basketball games. Uh I watched Wyoming, Colorado State. Wyoming, not very good. I think they had five wins total. Colorado State, pretty good. Um, ended up losing that game, 59-58. Choked, it, choked the lead late. Uh, Marquette, I'm telling that's you. That's your team.
0: There's something about them. I shouldn't say that's your team. That's the team that you've been high on. Yeah, there's
3: just something about them, right? They sent a message on the road, and I think we forget that they're top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Maryland almost pulling off the upset last night against Purdue? Maryland is a nuisance. I So it just seems like, like if Lawyer isn't getting it going from range, I don't know. Like Purdue seems like they're just going to play close games because they pack it in and they play through the post. The other thing is how scary – I'm going to stay on them and – Xavier Johnson isn't even healthy yet. How scary is Indiana when they get going? Race Thompson played just for a smidge, and the place went crazy. Trace Jackson Davis going bananas. Three first names. Shafino starting to really play well. I mean, and Michigan State jumped out early in that one, and Indiana was having none of it. Uh, came back to send a message going away there. That That's not a team that I would enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. And they finally took care of the basketball. Nebraska – Um, wow, they turned Penn State over more than you thought, so you figured they have a chance, then the scoring went dormant. Uh, The the Big They were playing from behind the entire game. Big Ten is nuts, but maybe not near as crazy as the Big East. UConn got their get-right game against a... A bad Butler team. What is going on with Butler's offense? It's a bad team. And... UConn needs better point guard play, though. See, that's their – you know, I always try to figure, Mm -hmm. okay, what's – UConn needs more consistency at the point guard spot. That's their problem. And then, of course, we had the playoffs. And I wish – I was telling you this. Even though I thought, you know, as the game wore on, it was getting closer last week and we were looking at the lines, I was like, man, Jacksonville's going to beat the Chargers. If I would have – like if I could forecast that the matchup was the low seed Jacksonville winning and then having Cincinnati have to play Buffalo and not Kansas City, one hundred times out of one hundred I'd have took Kansas City to mm-hmm. be in the Super Bowl. But 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 because I didn't love taking the bills. I took both one seeds, right? And our I didn't I didn't I didn't love taking the bills. I'm like, I just think that Kansas City's going to have to play Cincinnati yesterday. turns out Cincinnati goes to Buffalo, and I have d- – Who was wearing the headsets in those games yeah. or in that game on, on Buffalo's A- side? A- apparently me because <laughs> that game was called as though you have no idea what your personnel is capable of. What was bu- – and listen, kudos to, to Coach Taylor and that offense because mm-hmm. they ran the same four, three – Passing concepts? Taylor? Same three passing concepts. Joe Burrow could have a check down tomorrow if he wanted it and know that it was going to be there. And he's just unflappable. You would have thought that O-line was the Eagles O-line. You got, you're missing three-fifths of your offense. Mm-hmm. And if they've lamented about Von Miller one more time, I'm like, stop talking about missing Von Miller. You think the Bengals O-line doesn't want to be healthy? They're kicking their ass. <laughs> like, who cares about Von Miller? Hey, but if Von Miller
0: you was in sta- that game. You, you can't stop the run. If Von Miller was in that game, uh, how many more sacks would there be? Two? <laughs> Two Fuck. more sacks. It's
3: like, what are we talking Joe about? Joe
0: Burrow has been under duress since last season,
3: and he's and he couldn't care less. He's unflappable, and, and you it's like get those refunds. And all Buffalo wanted to do was just get vertical. I told you the stat last week, right? Twenty-six point mm-hmm. two yards per. Even after they had the lead in the second half, like, and I was kind of messing with you about Ken Dorsey, the ant- oh, bizarro yeah. world, the lack of the arm strength. So maybe he's lamenting about the uh, <clears throat> alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost turned it down. Although the night game, Philly Eagles went with my man Coogler. But, like, coaching matters. Mm -hmm. And was that the same Dak Prescott that played in Tampa? What
0: was that? I mean, that's what we've been seeing out of him all year. When he he came back from injury – it was either we're getting Dak as a top-five quarterback or we're getting a Dak that falls out of the top ten. That. And there was no in between. Nothing this year showed consistency in Dak Prescott's game. Tony Pollard getting hurt, that was, that was a big loss for them, but that's not why the Cowboys lost that game. Justin, I,
3: I, I hate those kinds of tackles.
0: I, I, I feel you, like, you mentioned another I feel tackle, like I feel
3: like I tweet about it every week. I I get you tweeted mad at, on Saturday and you tweeted on Sunday. I get mad at at our guys in practice when I see that we lo- one of our running backs and he wasn't healthy all year. Everybody wondered what was wrong with John Ross. I mean, he uh, James Robinson? No, our guy at Westside. I know he runs like yeah, James Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is what. Yeah, that is what. You, hey, he's kind of yoked too. He looks fantastic. He runs tummy out. He is. Uh, tr- uh, he's. That he's good having, player. He's having a good office. He's a good player for, oh, for is us. He? Yes. Um and he's motivated too. But anyway, so the crazy thing is those side pull down tackles never they never turn out well. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just they just don't. And you know, just, I and I couldn't believe like and I get it, it's Twitter, it elicits immediate reaction, but To go from zero to 100, I was pretty specific about the tackles that I don't like, and it's like, oh, man, just put flags on them. I'm like, no. That's nowhere near what I'm saying. Like, learn to tackle Mm -hmm. correctly, and that will limit those kinds of things from being out of position, and you just – you grab a guy to the side or from behind, and you just drop to the ground. Like, you've you've never been taught that, but I get – Real time and desperation—you're just trying to get guys to mm-hmm. the ground, however you can, but it—it it just never turns out well. I—I I, I hate to see it, and Pollard a lot less fortunate than Mahomes mm-hmm. was. And I didn't—I uh, didn't have a problem with the Mahomes hit. See, I did, just because I felt like Key just wanted to. Key was just wanted to be a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Just pull off. So. In
0: regards to in regards to who you're saying. <laughs> low or high?
3: The guy that came in low or the guy that came in high? I didn't like I didn't like Key using his weight when you were already gonna be pretty okay. much be out of the play. Well, so
0: Yeah. That's I, what I, I I can understand that play.
3: That I, I, just, know? I just, so
0: I, I looked at when I read your tweet, I looked at it from reverse order. I thought you meant the the tackle that came in high mm-hmm. that ended up falling.
3: I don't. On the I don't like you, the, I don't you like missed. the weight coming down to bring a guy down on a tackle. Yeah. especially when you start high. Well, and but the, see, that's where
0: that's where I kind of sat and said I I didn't mind it because he went for the ball first. He went for the well, arm. I, un, I understand banging the mum,
3: but once your gravity kn- brings you down, you <laughs> didn't think that that was a little extra.
0: The the whole knee thing and him looking down at his ankle. Um, I was like. Bang bang! we're, we're bang, grasping bang. for straws. I mean, you slow down the play, and it looks like that. Like, you piece it together one piece at a time. It's like, oh, yeah, it looks like he purposely mm-hmm. stuck his knee in. So you do that tackle in, in a game, and a millisecond later, you don't even realize what you did.
3: Yeah, so let's just say that, like, that hypothetically that I said, hey, I hate that tackle, the weight to the ground, mm-hmm. and yes, I do understand real-time tackling. Let's just say hypothetically. Oh, wait, I did say that. Mm-hmm right like very specific right there are some
0: people though that commented towards you that didn't read the tweet in full well, or and, or and i think that's where or, and it's cool and, and, and it's cool
3: cuz one of the guys i like a ton um the other guy i don't really i don't really know that well but bj's fine like he's a he's a realist and he's been tweeting for years he's cool so it was fine but i just don't like the fast forwarding to flag Wanting mm-hmm. to play flag. Mm-hmm. But see what happens. Tell you what, though. That happens to Tom Brady. That's roughing the passer. Well, Arden Key's personal foul that they got on Mahomes like a couple plays later. Well, the exact same thing happened to Trevor Lawrence and ain't called a thing. So my deal is I don't want – listen, it's me. Like, come watch us practice in high school. We're physical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not for taking – I want a good physical game. What I'm for is if you're going to have a shaky rule, right, if it's going to be subjective, you better get some consistency on how it's administered because then people, they, they they panic. So when you say something kind of innocuous like, I don't like this tackle, yes, I understand real time, it turns into, well, it's going to flag. It's because of the emotions that they already bring to the table with their sentiment on how the game is officiated. They're not it's not really about my tweet, it's or whomever's tweet. It's how they feel the game is moving, so they don't want people to like overcorrect.
0: Did did we see just the opposite in the Dallas 49er game oh, yeah. when 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 the defensive end guy he let up on Actually, making it.
3: Tariq Armstead, when he could have hammered, Dak Dak Prescott. Yeah. By the way, whatever Dak was doing in the end zone, I have no idea. (laughs) But I think Tariq Armstead was so. Did you see? He put his arm. Yeah, he put his arms Mm -hmm. up like. Yeah. Because you don't want you don't want to touch him anymore. Because he was high though. Right. Right. So, but he he had never Tariq. He was he was upright. Right. Right. So I think if he was down and his head was Mm -hmm. down, like maybe through the sternum. He probably would have felt better, but I mean, Armstead's yeah. a long and I, guy, and I understand why he was high because if Dak makes a move, he should have thrown yeah. too. You're if thinking you're going to, you're, get you're up. thinking you're going to yeah.
0: block the pass, oh totally. totally. But what was Dak doing there in that moment? Can you imagine rolling out in the pocket in the end zone and then just taking a hit? How about
3: how I jink, a hit? how about how I jinked Schultz? I was hyping him up because I like Schultz. Going to be a good tight end. He made some does. money for one kid on Sunday. Did I don't you see know that what first touchdown go- I parlay? I what was going. Yes, you degenerate. <laughs> yes. I was laughing, too, on Twitter when you said, well, only if it was hockey. I was like, please, <laughs> man, are you fooling? Get
1: out of here.
0: Hey, lots more to cover, and I'll tell you next here on Coffee and Cream.
2: Coffee
1: and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. There's an interception first of the game for Cincinnati, and this has been a great performance by the rookie. I mean, Taylor Britt's done it all, and now he gets to say he has a postseason pick. And it's no angel time for Cincinnati, and they can showboat and showcase. They've come in here and shown everybody just what they're made out of.
0: Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. DB, your kids get an interception in a football game. It's snowing, and they start doing snow angels.
3: Are you a fan? Are you not? Because you're not the biggest showboater. Um, I'm all about situational awareness. So, like... Um, Micah would probably do it before <laughs> Caleb would, for sure. But like if Caleb did it like after it was a clincher yeah, like in the state right. championship as opposed to early, I'd be like, Let's go. But if it <laughs> but, was if it was but, in
0: the first quarter
3: you'd be like, Get your Yeah, I would probably booty up. S- now Coach Lamanji would probably want to fight me, but I'd probably sit him. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. You wouldn't just pull him aside and be like if you ever do that again, uh, he's not that kind of kid. He's—I don't think you have to worry about it. He him. responds diff Like that wouldn't be his stimuli. The thing to get him would be that you were disappointed. Mm-hmm. It isn't in—it isn't chastising him. How he, about that? He shakes that off.
0: <laughs> how about that video of the the third grade basketball team that's been circulating
3: for like yeah. a week now? So about showboating during the game. And, I, I don't. And, and you're going to be in this world. Um, That didn't really bother me Didn't bother me either It, d- it didn't really bother me Like I get it right you, Some people will say Oh man how are we raising these kids And this that and the other But it's still a game You know you, you, you want them to have fun Hopefully the coach is mm-hmm. like Hey you know folks in moderation Right because I, I would say limit it. Don't do it every single play. Although the little guard, not the big mm-hmm. monster that oh, was yeah, bigger than you know, everybody. Because like he's, doing the he's low, bullying little yeah. kids, and eventually that's going to go away. But the little dude with the nice comb over <laughs> in the part. The <laughs> one with like, he looked like Steve Rogers before he got the super serum. Yeah. Like this kid. I was okay for the little guy getting hype out cool. there. You that, know
0: That team strikes me as that's kind of what they're made of though not necessarily the show boating but just the what energy, made of the energy that, yeah, I don't I will tell you what though I I I do understand where people were coming from because it is it's third graders mm. acting acting as if they are on top of the world that, at, at that age what are you trying to teach are you trying to teach the game or are you trying to teach you know uh, and I was talking, discipline and I was maturity things Cincinnati. like that in third grade, I'm okay with, like, oh, you're the too little thing because you see John Morant do that all the time. Kids are wearing it on sweatshirts. Your kid even has a yeah, sweatshirt he has. Of, <laughs> of the too little. But the, like, dancing, that's if you score a touchdown, that's where I'm like, okay, maybe don't do that, but do the other thing. Yeah, I'm, I want
3: people to have fun.
0: Like, if you do the three thing, like, that's fine. Like, you hit a three, like, bow and arrow, whatever.
3: Or the head tap. Right. Uh, I'm, I don't know. It's such a hard... But also they're kids. Sports is hard. They're children. So, like, as long as... You... I always used to say, as long as you're not hurting anyone. And I suppose, like, you can... Get, you like, can hurt somebody's pros feelings. And tr- pros and cons of, um, you know, people's egos. Right. Being bruised. But that's that's part of it. Uh, you know, it... Uh, I've been on both ends of it, right? I've I've had a team hang 70 on me. And,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, we've also... Won some big games, so I don't know. I think my general rule of thumb is I just try to control what I can control. Right? right? I mean, Micah had a behind-the-back pass yesterday, and I, wa- I, I didn't. I didn't care that they finished the play, and, and it was nice. I just wanted to make sure that he didn't act like that was the first time that he had done it. Right? And and he was. He, you're kind of getting to know his he personality. He was Sam
0: Greasel, not Kisei Tomonaga.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it, so I have to be completely honest, right, if I'm just keeping it 100, because there are some things about uh, Kise that bugged the heck out of me, mm-hmm. right? And it shouldn't. It's just, I mean, that's just me not being part of the fun police. I think if, so this is where I draw the line. How about, how's this for self-righteous? Don't I need to get off my soapbox? I feel like if he was more consistent, I would be cool with it. Like, who am I? <laughs> well, and he may have to be right? more, he may I'm have just to be being more honest now, like, right?
0: Because hey, how with,
3: short is that bench?
0: With that team and the position they are in, especially defensively, and they're looking for a spark offensively, Sam Griesel really hasn't found a way to be that true scorer that I wanted him to be out of the gates. He, he looked like that early on. But then it became the Derek Walker show in the yeah. scoring column. Boy, and he t- he here, here's my question for you now, though, DB. What do you got? Because so, you skipped over your poll question. I know, I know. We'll get to the poll question here, too. But a uh, lot, lot to unpack, uncover today. And you know what? This is a great chance to set up the show, and then I'll toss the question. We'll get to our poll question here in a moment. Uh, we're currently talking Nebraska basketball. We'll talk about um, the pipeline the Husker pipeline and, and some visitors that uh, made their way to Lincoln this weekend. We have Sam McEwen at the eight o'clock hour. We follow that up with Kerry Miller, talk some college basketball and then end with Gary Davenport. But my question for you, because Jawan Gary goes down because now Bandamel goes down and uh, I don't want to make any assumptions, but the way that he went down and stayed down didn't, reassure me that he's going to be okay anytime soon but hypothetically now that you've lost two starters could it get any worse who would be worse to lose
3: Derek walker or sam greasel Derek walker Derek walker because he gets buckets easier and he's one of your few remaining bigs he's the best two-way guy nebraska has remaining and 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 Fudge, I mean, I, I don't know if Coach Hoiberg was having a moment of, hey, I feel for you. Old school Sheila E., Shane. You don't know who Sheila E. is, but she sings this song called I Feel For You. I feel for you. Baby, I love you. Anyway, he's cool with moving Northwestern's game back to Wednesday, which I'm like, okay. I'm looking at his team's health, maybe fatigue. He's got short numbers. Maybe the day benefits him. But the time slot got moved. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to FS2. Northwestern, I think, is playing. Northwestern's got Wisconsin today, don't they, Shane? Sure do. Would you, have, sorry, would you, have, would you have done that? It? Shane, up. Andrew, Andrew, Shane. Didn't it get moved? Well, twice. But Wisconsin, Northwestern go today. Mm-hmm. So, if you're Coach Hoiberg, are you, and that's why I almost moved Jacob because we have NEB preps later on, but he's got the presser later. I'll be curious to see why Coach Hoiberg was so accommodating. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe it was, maybe he needs, maybe they need the rest. But the health situation, it doesn't speed up, it doesn't ex- expedite Mill or Gary or, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: you know, for me, it would seem like that. You're you're looking out for your team versus the land. Doing them a favor. Right. Um But in any case, I think Hoiberg wants to play no matter what. Um he wants his team to compete every single day. Um I don't know if there's a hidden agenda there. Would you have would you have been accommodating? Yeah. I don't know.
3: I I think so. I would want to think so. I probably. Th- I listen. I I'm pretty honest, right? I just told you. I was like, I'm shallow, so certain things bother me that shouldn't. But, uh, I think I would have been too. Right. But how are we still where Northwestern is having their schedule compromised due to illness? Like that part. So, so that's the part I'm like, okay, the the end mm-hmm. for me doesn't justify right. the means. I'm cool with moving the game back, but I'm not cool with how we got there, mm-hmm. because I think you gotta you I'm gotta there. you gotta fix the protocol. I'm there, right? There should be. I think there should be a price to pay, because it's not like so. UConn didn't get wasn't afforded the luxury of coaching without Hurley. No, he was sick. He mm-hmm. he had COVID. He couldn't right. he couldn't coach. So think comes back, he's yep. wearing the mask around his players. It's not like UConn could say, oh, we don't have our coach, man. We don't, we're don't. we not playing. Yeah, Creighton didn't stop playing when Calkbrenner was out. Uh, and by the way, speaking of which, remember I told you that Doma World Hill doesn't have Joel do enough? Read the piece on Trey Alexander. Loading it up.
0: Hey, way good. And he's way good altogether. You know how you said Derek Walker? I think, I think, I think I'd say Sam Greasel would be a bigger loss.
3: Well, we almost never agree, so I would expect that.
0: Um, and the reason for that, I don't know if there's another player
3: on this team that can handle the ball like I he know. does. I can, listen, I so <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah, but I can only see right. I can only see Oleg out there so off, so right, much. Right. Well, Playing and in the post, and how's and, Nebraska going to get easier? Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get points
0: without Derek Walker. At least you're can, not going to at least he the ball can back to it down or face without you Sam
3: Greasel, right? At least you can get him out, the ball on the elbow, right. and he can he can go to work. Yeah, lots you know, still to
0: get boy. to on the show today. We'll talk Husker football next. We'll get to Sam McEwen at eight, and we'll also hit up our poll question. So lots more to get to. Stick with us. It's coffee and cream.
1: Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio.
0: Hey, welcome back. It's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, we're happy to have you with us on this Monday morning. Alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and uh, we're in Omaha, but some people were in Lincoln this weekend. And uh, that includes a a grouping of recruits, one being another offensive lineman. And also another Georgia kid. It seems like uh, Matt Rule and his staff have taken notice of players on the Bulldogs roster that may not have been getting playing time that he thought they deserved or whether it's the same on the other end that they thought they deserved. And so he's gone after the national champions to help rebuild this team. It's it's
3: all about connections. I was messing with him this weekend. I said, I was like, hey, man, do you – coach smart have like a secret handshake or (laughs) (laughs) part of the, you know, the, the good guys club. And, you know, he explained that they just have built good relationships. He's got good rapport with a couple guys in their staff. And, and, and that's what it is in the, in the help me out business. And I'm going to go back to something he said to me, this was probably, I don't know, it was about a month ago. And we were talking, you know, we're just going on, carrying on. And he said something at the end that struck me as, Okay, I'm going to write that down. He said, "You'll realize this about me. I leave very little to chance." Like, that was it.
2: <laughs> like, and I remember as, you as, saying as, that,
3: a, right? I told you, that and I was like three as, weeks ago, yeah, a month as ago. The, as the kids, w- well, it was about we were talking about Z. We were talking about oh yeah, remember? So it would only have been a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. so that's before the breaking news. But anyway, um, right. I, so I'm like that's one of those things like that I that I made mental note of because that's the one thing that I've said since um and I'm not trying to like go all the way back to, to Coach Solwich, but since Coach Solich left the University of Nebraska, I've i I've seen I've seen it all, right? I've had decent relationships with almost all the head coaches, some better than others. And the one thing that I rest in is this job takes a grinder, right? You've heard me say this. That's the word I use. You have to be, you have to be a grinder. It's a greasy, grimy job. You have to, you have to really work at it because all the things that made you great 30 years ago, aren't really in play except for the fan base that's the one thing that is portable over the last and it's 50 years of success right because you have to go 70 71 fan base was great then they're great now the fan base was great in the 90s. in the 80s they're great now the fan base was great in the 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 90s they're great now Still avid support. So that's the constants. But every everything else is gone. The ability to get Prop 48 guys, the ability to go into the South and, and be like the savior and, and uh, for lack of a better term, kind of white knight this thing where you get kids out of situations that they, that they want to get out of. Like all, all kinds of schools can do that now. The couple of times where you're the marquee game on television, all of that's gone. So you have to get back to good old-fashioned work. And quietly drew down. Not only do I think he's a grinder, you know, because he's just kind of edgy by nature. For as cool as he is, like, listen, he's st- still the East Coast guy that can go to Trenton and Newark and Roselle and Philadelphia mm-hmm. and be okay, right, that can manage the worst rape scandal in college athletics and get all your guys in, a, in, in Waco to toe the line. He's still that dude right for for his cool mm-hmm. where he was at track this he's got here. a backpack of skills right he's he's still that guy and quietly, you know what else he's doing that's a pretty good blueprint go, you go ahead, you want to say something go you know what he gravitates to the comeback Dude, think about that that's why
0: li lo- Think about that for a second. Everybody out there, the Art Briles scandal for one, right? He gravitates to bringing that program back. I can fix back, it. Can fix right? It. Then he goes to the to the NFL, doesn't make it work. Goes to Nebraska. He's gravitating back to his comeback. Then he the, the, goes the job at Temple, the, and the job at Temple too. But then he goes to Z. Then he goes to IGC, and then he goes to Eric Gilbert. Three guys that weren't all playing football the entirety of last season. He gravitates to the comeback. And better who does, yet, who does that sound like? <laughs> That's what I like. I better
3: like better yet, Nebraska's in comeback mode. Hey, and so he, so I think, I think they work hard. Like I just don't think you can be on that staff. I told you last week the story of Coach White. He shouldn't have even been in Omaha. And not only is he in Omaha, he's going to multiple schools, and he's watching Metro Wrestling. Right? It's it's really Daddy Daycare. But he's like, hey, you know what? Great I'm, movie, by the way. I'm only 50 miles away. Let me go get busy. Kids will be okay in school. Mom's doing her thing, holding it down back home. And mom, wife, the kid's mom. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I was there. So, um, And guess what else they're doing? They're going to be at close to 100 guys on scholarship, potentially. Now, they have to get down Mm -hmm. to 85, 85. but guess what I like? Same thing I said about Coach Bolton baseball. SEC mentality, you want to pare it down, you got 40 guys and only 20-some are going to play, hey, let's compete. That's what I like Mm -hmm. that he's doing because ultimately when you're building a culture of toughness and resiliency, you have to be a fat trimmer. You you, you don't get out of bed and, and get in the kitchen as a master chef and only get to work with the finest ingredients. You probably have had mm-hmm. to trim some fat along the way. Then when you get the filet or the Wagyu or whatever, you know, the table, the kitchen, the fresh ingredients, then you're really on point. So as long as they can guard against complacency and kind of the, the mm-hmm. finer things that you get with Lincoln, because I think you got great leadership. You have really good resources. You got a tremendous fan base and you're going to have top notch facilities. Right, that bad boy's almost done, and it's going to be immaculate. So you ne- it needs to be about competition. Hey, congratulations to Team Sanford, you know, Phelan's team, hey. one point this week in, competi- in competition week. Wait, we're competing daily? We're competing daily to win the week. Those are the things that I like reading because... If you want to replicate some of what you were able to do, it was a game of attrition when Nebraska was on top and they they would grind. You were afraid to be the first coach to leave. You were afraid to be the last or the first position group off the field. You weren't the one that was going home before the last guy had turned out the lights because it made you feel some type of way. If you can generate that kind of culture, I don't know how it equates to wins, but you give yourself a chance because you have to work. You've been outworked. You haven't been for the most part, you haven't been out talented, right? Mm-hmm. You've been outworked. You've been out coached. If those things you can mitigate, you give yourself a chance if you're gonna keep continuing to stockpile talent and they'll get to the number i don't oh worry. yeah it, i
0: don't it's easier to add to 85 but it's better to cut down
3: to and 85. and i think for all we're i don't think like if we're up in arms over how to get to the number this was pre you, but six seven years ago we we're up in arms that that coach Plane only has like 76 guys on scholarship oh that's self-imposed probation we need more numbers but well, and then you'd get the other guys or gals that would say, "Oh man, you know we're good. 70 Now that we're over and we have to trim down, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know who it's a problem for? Folks that don't like competing. That's okay. Yep. That that's put them on the field and let's see who keeps their scholarship. Spring ball will sort itself out. Mm-hmm. It just it, will. You'll find the it, guys that want to be there. And that's what spring that used to be to for. It be wasn't there. for having mm-hmm. scrimmages at, you know, flag touch football right. at the at the end like When you're trying to grow and groom a program, I don't care if it's business, if it's athletics, even if it's in your family, there has to be some degree of healthy competition. And it doesn't matter who it's between. It can go coach to coach, coach to player, player to player, admin to coach. Competition is good. That administrative staff... They need to compete daily. Hey, this is who we want to be. This is who we desire to be. This is the model behavior we need to have. Coach Rule is going to be, in that staff is going to be keeping track. Hey, you told me. Hey, you told me you were going to. Same as. Trev and those guys can look at Coach Rule. Hey, you told me. Mm -hmm. You told me. I'm keeping mental note. Coach Rule talks to the players. Hey, I told you. I told you. (laughs) Players are keeping track. Right? That's. Competition's good. I don't think anybody can argue that it's not good. Now, when it crosses over into being paranoid, it better be a healthy paranoia (laughs) because (laughs) sometimes you need to sit Madonna a little. But for the most part, man, like they'll get there. You look at that wide receiving room, there'll be some guys going home. No question. It's
0: already deep, and and, and it's getting deeper and deeper. You you look at that secondary. eh, Speaking of wide receivers and I know we're kind of pressed for time. We're talking to Sam McEwen next so we can continue conversations like this but how about Malachi Coleman's debut at the Polynesian Bowl Yeah, and you talked about liking things to read. How about the national writers comparing him to DK Metcalf?
3: Listen, so here's the thing that I like about that and I'm going to land the plane the same place I started. He's exuding What everybody that was criticizing him, which I still think is a vocal minority, like we blew this, we blew it way out of proportion. Ninety-eight percent of the state of Nebraska, Nebraska's fan base wants Malachi Coleman to be good. Mm -hmm. They do, right? So, you know what he appears to want to do?
0: Compete. And he's okay with placing blame on himself when things aren't. Aren't trending and, and, the direction people think that's, they should. And that's
3: all, that's all I even think the critics want, mm-hmm. right? Compete. Sam McEwen's next.
1: Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen.
4: Ah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw it where you want to go. You
1: know that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Having some fun this
0: morning on Coffee and Cream here on Hale Varsity Radio. Powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. Live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Happy to have you with us and happy to have Sam McEwen with us now on the show. He's the sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Sam, good morning. What's up, Sam?
3: We got him. Good morning, guys. Oh, there he I'm is.
4: Here. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened
3: there. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's, he this, heard his intro and he was just in wow. Well, he might still be traumatized from school drop-off. Have we Ooh. done that yet, Sam? Or where are we yeah, at with that,
4: that? Yeah, we're done. We're <laughs> done with it. We got it done early today. Yeah. <laughs> I said the guys are calling me at eight o'clock. I got to get this done. Man. Let's go. <laughs> What's that?
0: Oh, Sam. Hey, we were just uh, as a follow up to our last segment, we were talking um, about some Nebraska visitors and then competition that that's now led within the program. And uh, I, I had tossed something DB's way about how Matt Rule seems to gravitate to the comeback just when he went to Temple and then he went to Baylor and then he comes to Nebraska. Not only was that a comeback for him, but for the program and even with certain players with Xavier Brown. Betts, IGC, now uh, Eric Gilbert. Uh, do you see that being a, a trend for, for Matt Rule too?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think he, uh, you know, he, he's drawn to a kind of a resurrection pro- project. You know, like I think he he may struggle to take over a situation where it's already all kind of set and done. Like like if Kirby Smart were to leave Georgia and go to the NFL, you know, rule may not necessarily love doing, a program that's already made. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think he likes the idea, of turning something around. Um, something's going in the wrong direction, and he wants to take it in the right direction. And there's a lot to, uh, to do at Nebraska in that regard, you know. And and yeah, they they are taking a little bit of a chance on Gilbert. Sure, uh, he's pretty talented, so you know, if you can get him going, then he's probably gonna be the player on the field, which is helpful. But um yeah, I think he's drawn to that. Uh, he's drawn to that kind of comeback mentality and, and that's certainly what Nebraska is. This this is the toughest of the the three head coaching jobs he's had in college.
3: It was it was interesting. Um I was listening to some Hassan Redick bites from this past weekend and he was talking about his journey it automatically, of course, made me think of Coach Rule because I know that relationship. I think of Robbie Anderson. I think of all uh, I think of recruiting to Temple, I think of having to toe the line in Waco. How much of this do you think gives you confidence? Because he's already put parameters in place before with a track record to get the desired discipline that they need to be successful on the field?
4: Well i think it, it gives you some confidence, yes, um you know i think the the challenge he's going to have at Nebraska that I don't know that he had i i know he didn't have i doubt he had a temple and i I doubt he actually had a Baylor too is this sense of you know whether the team wins or not, you're kind of a superstar mm. And, uh, you know, I kind of wrote a little bit about that today in my rewind about how the, the program makes $97 million. And they did that in the year when they went 3-9. and nine, And the South streak was almost to expire. So, you know, I mean, the challenge that, that Rule has is is getting the team to embrace an internal standard that has nothing to do with sort of outside affirmation in the off season, which almost always happens and then in the season criticism. And then what I've found, you know, in recent or historically with Nebraska in the last 10 years or so is that criticism is over, is over ingested. And then that becomes part of the narrative that, that people don't appreciate us and nobody, but us. And, and then that's not a helpful impulse either. So we'll have to try to change some of the wiring there. and uh, that, that, to me, is going to be a challenge. I think I think Scott struggled to do that. You know, I, I think um, what Scott wanted was, and, you know, and you know more about this than I do, is I, ideally Scott Russ wanted a team that was sort of loose and tough and didn't give a crap and, you know, and just kind of played fast and, you know, shut out all the outside noise. Well, for one thing, I think Frost had a hard time shutting out the outside noise. And I think the players did, too both in praise and criticism. So I think what rules got to get, you know, got to get these guys is to a place where they're not worried about what the outside noise
3: is. Uh, Sam, something was interesting to me. Um, I can't remember who tweeted out. Somebody from the staff was talking about congratulations. It might have been Coach Foley. I'm not sure. Um, to the competition week and the team that was awarded the point and hoping to carry it into next week. Man, and I remember a conversation with a a guy that I had on the previous staff about how they wanted to incorporate competition into everything. And they ha- it has to be more than just Competition Tuesday that guys bring their own juice. And I'm like, in my head, I remember thinking, well, if it's more than just about Competition Tuesday, why don't we make the competitions more than just Tuesday, right? That was like my conventional wisdom. But I didn't know enough to know if they weren't competing on a daily basis. How much of when you're building that culture, origin, you know, from the onset, that it is a daily thing for those guys to fall back on, because for all intents and purposes, you hope that they won't know any better than to compete on a daily basis.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a really good point. Um, I think Nebraska's football team, at least, was was. Was competitive a lot in like recent years? Like they didn't quit mm-hmm. per se. Um, I think that what I would say is that there was there wasn't always a cohesive approach to how you're going to win a football game. And I do think we'll help them there. Good point. Um, uh, Scott, Scott, man, I'm not a football coach. Okay, you are. I, I think Scott's got a lot to learn about that. I, I, I mean, there were things that would happen within the context of games that I don't think Matt Rule's going to make the same mistakes. I just uh, – there, there were decisions that Frost would make or the idea that you win a coin toss and then you want to run your team out there and try to score right away and then it doesn't work and then you're behind. You know, uh, he didn't – I don't know that he always knew how to win games at a Big Ten. I think we'll be better there, but they were competitive. I, I think just speaking broadly – I think that com- the competitiveness ethos is not just trying hard
1: mm-hmm.
4: and not caring a lot, but preparing for how you're going to do it. So having a good plan, having a good you know outlook on how you're going to do that, and what resilience looks like. Now, I think Nebraska was pretty resilient at times under at Frost. They they didn't quit in a lot of their games. They did one to Riley, um, so you know I think they had some qualities, but I think the preparation piece. I think Nebraska often struggled under Frost to figure out how they were gonna go about winning a game. And oftentimes this led to very close games that maybe shouldn't have been, or it led to hideous first quarters that they were never able to get out of. And I think that's an area where Matt Rule is going to is gonna change, you know, some of the things they do. We're speaking with Sam McEwen at S
0: W McEwen O W H on Twitter, Sam, you talk about being competitive and um, certain offensive struggles. We saw that with the line last year, but uh, even still uh, in the football game last night, Cincinnati's uh, offensive line wasn't th- the healthiest and they still were able to perform. So with guys coming back on this offensive line and knowing that Nebraska has already missed out on uh, a trio of, of portal entries, former portal entries, I should say, uh, a name that was up in nebraska this past weekend was jacob hood and uh, if that could be a guy that gets added uh, what what do you think is best best case for nebraska right now is it you know finding a guy like hood and and adding to that offensive line and and taking a guy over from a program that just won a national championship or is it you know just continuing to to work what you got
4: Well, I I think they wouldn't have brought Jacob up if they hadn't thought they needed another body.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, They have lost some offensive linemen uh, in the transfer portal. And also, I think there's at least one and maybe two that are just not going to play anymore. Um, Matt Rule wants to have a big offensive line and and wants to lean on teams. I'm not sure the guy they brought up is a tackle. (laughs) He's... Pretty big, and he's not. I wouldn't describe his movement skills as great. So I don't know. Maybe, they, but they maybe they will on him in tackle. Um, he's one of the few transfers they're adding, where I think there's an understanding that it could be multiple years before you see him contribute on the field. You know, I don't think he's going to be like a starter next year or anything. So uh, I do. I do think there's a very good chance that he joins the team and and becomes you know a reserve. And, I, if we're going to have this system where you can add many scholarship players a year and the transfer portal exists, I think you're going to see teams like Nebraska uh, add a lot of guys every single year and play the numbers game, and just basically say, "Hey, you know, we're going to add 35." It doesn't it guarantees you a spot on this year's team. It doesn't guarantee you a spot on next year's team, and you're going to have to battle for your position until you become a starter. And and I think that's that maybe a bottom line, tough minded way of looking at it. But I think that's where Nebraska's going. They're they're gonna it's gonna be a competitive spring and there's gonna be some guys who leave the program because they don't have a spot in the
3: roster. That's, um, air, it's that's eerily, where I think it's eerily eerily similar except they had bigger numbers in ter- to use until it got trimmed down, but it's once upon a time it seemed like Nebraska would sign twenty five and you're like, How are they signing twenty five guys every year? Now you this year, he signs 20-some-odd guys, and he's adding eight, nine from the portal. I kind of like the fact, Sam, that I don't think any good chefs can cook without knowing how to trim fat.
4: It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they're going to learn, I think, pretty quickly. I, every addition, I think, probably has a spot on next year's team. I don't know that they have a, like a spot after that, and there's some guys that have returned to the program who, um, you know, may want to stay in the program, but but may find that they're fourth or fifth string, and
3: and they're you know the writing is on the wall,
4: and you know I think you're going to see a little bit of that with a walk-ons too.
3: How advantageous, Sam, do you think it is that the new coaches get the ten scholarships where you can keep guys on scholarship, but they're not playing football where. That can buy you some, well, you don't have to go home, but you just can't play football. You have to retire. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. Um, you know, there's, there's there's some kids that um, clearly their future isn't something else. Uh, it's not going to be in professional football, at whether that's at the uh, NFL or CFL or uh, XFL level. And – that's that's an opportunity for those guys to, you know, to pursue that without without losing you know their their status as a academically or as a scholarship athlete. Yeah, it's you got to do that sometimes.
3: It's just interesting, right? Because with only thirteen real seniors that can exhaust eligibility, mm-hmm. one of them's you know uh, Marco Ortiz. He's got a long snap. Two are Braxton Clark and Tyreek Johnson. We haven't seen Tyreek Johnson since I don't know when. Uh, one Hunter Anthony, Stephon Wynn Jr. Um, you know, like s- some of those guys, Sam. For as young as Nebraska is in some key spots, they appear to be old in the middle. The redshirt freshmen, the sophomores, and the juniors. You have to like the way that that's trending, don't you? Yeah,
4: I do. I mean, I I I don't know that I I, I think the defensive line is is a question mark and and needs to, you know, needs to be, needs to be watched closely. Um, I'm not really of the thought that it's just going to be a plug and play on defense. I think when you change your scheme and Mm -hmm. um, the big 10 offenses last year were historically bad, like you're not going to get another year like that. It's just very unlikely. I'm not saying we're going to go back to 2011 offenses when they were really good. But Although this,
3: these were historically bad. Although Sam, hang on. Look, could I make the case that Wisconsin and Illinois and potentially Northwestern? I get, I, I agree with you. I, you know Iowa should be bad, but Purdue's going to come back to the pack. Wisconsin starting a new offense. Illinois will be playing a new quarterback without Devito. Are you sure? that you that you see an uptick in offense across the board? Or just not as bad as it was a year ago?
4: Well, I think that's a reasonable question. I, I think Wisconsin will actually have uh, a more explosive offense.
3: Well, um, just flipping over to air raid, huh? <laughs>
4: they they kind of ran aground last year. No, I get uh, it. Purdue, no, 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 no. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what Purdue's offense does and what they decide to do. I also think the defenses may not be as good. And, of course, the defenses not being as good has a positive effect on the offense. Um, No, I mean, if you just look at the offenses last year, they got historically bad. I mean, Iowa's offense was awful. Wisconsin's offense was really bad, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, uh, so I I think there's a, yeah. Actually, I would say just statistically speaking, the offenses, even if it doesn't look like it at this moment, will be better next year. Iowa's will be better. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think some of the others will too. And and I think Nebraska can duplicate what they did on offense last year and maybe even be a little better. I, I think they've got enough players, and I, I think they're going to have – I don't know. Like, I, I, I think what they're going to come up with is going to be more cohesive than what Nebraska's offense became once Frost got let go and and Whipple was just doing whatever the hell he wanted.
3: Yeah, one of the schools it,
4: it, it didn't go well
3: one of the schools that's interesting is Minnesota because of the staff turnover and coach Fleck will be uh here Wednesday but uh do you feel like you have a good handle on Minnesota with you're going to have co-coordinators they've been the model of consistency for the most part i think defensively they won't skip a beat they um you know, they get one of their guys back in the fold from Syracuse It's really familiar with that staff. Coach Collins is still there. Like, I think Minnesota will be okay defensively. Does that offense interest you? Well, it looks like they're going to try to incorporate
4: a dual-threat quarterback versus having a quarterback who runs and then having Tanner Mork. Um, And to be clear, like, the Big Ten West gets one more year of this. One more. <laughs> After that, all of these teams in the West have to think about how they're gonna beat UCLA, USC, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Maryland would have won may have won the Big Ten West last year. Maryland. And Maryland had the misfortune of having to play all three of those teams Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. The Big Ten champion or the Big Ten West champions got to avoid Michigan and Ohio State, and hosted Penn State and lost in the season opener. So, like, there's there's a relationship between your record and how many of these teams you actually have to play and, like, how easy that is. If I, I If I'm not mistaken, I believe Minnesota avoided Michigan and Ohio State, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all these teams know that Starting in 2024, you're not going to be able to roll out a 280-yard offense that scores 18 points and and and, and finish better than sixth or seventh in the Big Ten. And so all of a sudden, that nine and four record goes to seven and six or six and seven, and people don't feel as good about your win win toll. That's why what Nebraska's been the last three or four years is so disappointing because they had such an incredible opportunity.
3: I, I don't uh, I don't know, like Sam. You, USC and UCLA are going to have to figure out how to block some people. I, you may mm-hmm. be surprised. Caleb Williams has only got one more year, and he's not coming to the Big Ten. This,
4: this is true. Um, I you think know, D- DTR has
3: played his 56th year in, in Pasadena. I understand <laughs> that. Um,
4: and I understand that USC lost twice to Utah, which is probably the most like the Big Ten in the way that they play football. But you still have – I mean, Minnesota is playing <laughs> USC. That's different than Ohio State. Yeah. I'm like, with you. oh, okay, Ohio State's going to beat USC by 14. Minnesota's not going to beat USC w- scoring 16 points. And I think they beat – I don't know who they beat last year, but, you know, like Iowa beat Minnesota, I don't know, 17 to 10. You're not going to be able to just do that. Mm. And so they're going to have to figure out ways to score. And I think that's – I think that's a big impetus behind why Wisconsin did what it did. I think they look at – they want to win a championship. They want to win a Big Ten championship. And they knew that what they had on board isn't going to do it. Yeah. And and he could win – he could have won eight or nine per year.
3: Can't, 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 can't wait to, to watch of that life. offense around October uh, – you know, Halloween and in November. in Madison. I agree. That'll I, be fun.
4: We it, we watched it when Tim Beck was at Nebraska. Like, it did not work. Uh, it lost to Wisconsin and all those things. So, like, I I can appreciate that they're taking a risk. And it, as I'd written before, they're basically swapping out identities and doing the thing that Nebraska willingly did back in '03. And I think, you know, Chris McIntosh is doing something that I think a lot of ADs wouldn't do. But you have to ask yourself, do you want to win a championship? Yes, you do. You can't do what they're doing.
0: I'll tell that's you what the end, and so
4: that's the challenge.
0: I'll tell you what I've been sitting there for like what I think fifteen minutes, uh, just in reflect mode of what both of you guys were saying. And you know, I, I kind of just brought to this last point. I mean, uh, what do you think? It, what do you think you favor on? Do you favor on game management when you look at the Big Ten? Because you you don't have to score a lot of points to win in the Big Ten when you're facing against a team like maybe a USC, UCLA potentially. Or do you favor the offense that they bring in from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten that we all kind of think the Big Ten is evolving toward?
4: Well, to some degree, game management is dictated by whatever, you know, schedule or framework you have to deal with. And so, like, for many years, we've had this split between the two sides. The three best programs were on the East. That was, you know, since 2018, the three best programs have been on the East. And so now you have to recalibrate that because there won't be any divisions starting in 2024. There's a good chance that you're going to stay at nine games. Um, and that playoff thing starts to come into play. And the challenge, for for example, now... T.J. Fleck can make a playoff, you know, a 12-team playoff. You can make that. Couldn't make the four. He could have won 11 games and he wouldn't have made the four. In fact, he did win 11 games and didn't get any close to making the four. Now that you can make the 12, you have to think about how you schedule because now that these committee members have an opportunity to reward or punish teams for how they schedule in the non-conference, T.J. Fleck's going to have to look into a mirror and ask himself if New Mexico State and – and Valdosta State and South Dakota State are the three teams that he really wants to play. It was very helpful for him when he wanted to win football games. But to make the playoff, you mm-hmm. may have to do something a little harder than that. And so like there's, there's all the ways that you kind of look at like, here's your, here's what you have to deal with. Here are the teams you have to play. And you, your, your management of a game is dictated to some degree by that. Let me, let me add this, that I think there are often teams that don't do a very good job of trying to win the football game in front of them, because they're they're set on doing things that are, uh, you know, endemic to their identity. So a fast tempo team who's playing Ohio State shouldn't go fast. <laughs> 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 they're going to lose. <laughs> I
1: mean,
4: do you want to w- do you want to win the game or do you want to prove a point? And, oh. and that's why I think that's one of the. Or there's teams that won't run the triple option because it's not cool. Do you want to be cool or do you want to win seven games? Fair a point. Don't want to, a lot of coaches don't want to win seven games. They want to do it their way, and if they fail, then they can go get an offensive coordinator job at a cool school. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how people are.
0: <laughs> Sam, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Take, Take care.
3: Sam.
4: All
0: right. <laughs> Carrie Miller's next.
1: Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio.
0: And J.Q. J.Q. with
1: it in the right corner. He'll drive it in the lane. Beautiful pass. Gurley for the flush. Mitchell trying to back McKinnison. Shot clock's at five. Pick and roll. Black to Mitchell. Pinions open in the corner. Three ball good. Miles Wilmoth in the corner. A three-pointer no good. Rebounded by Jackson. Great pass, Hawkins. Hawkins stuffs it home. Well, here we go. Maryland inbounding carry to Young. And a tip away, but it's picked up by Young. He'll have a three at the horn. He missed it.
0: Some great college basketball games over the weekend. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the h and Chevrolet Stage at Hale Varsity Club. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers here with you. Welcoming in now, Carrie Miller, college basketball columnist at Bleacher Report. Carrie, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good, Kerry. How are you? I'm doing doing quite well. Just working on uh, yet another bracket projection that time of year.
0: Hey, you know what? <laughs> we'll stay right there. Best wishes. We will stay right there because it seems like there's a lot of inconsistency when it comes to uh, a lot of the top teams in college basketball. How much have you struggled throughout the year to try to figure out where you would lay these teams come March?
2: I mean, nobody's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> Alabama's won their last eight games by a combined 167 points. Like, they look like the best team right now. I don't trust Alabama in the tournament. I, mean, I was probably going to say Houston to win it all, and then they lost a home game to Temple yesterday. Like, it's... a uh, it's a mess. Uh, you, just trying to come up with anybody who deserves to be a one seed, let alone anyone that you trust to to make it to the Sweet 16.
3: Kerry, uh, so I guess since everybody in the top 25 enjoys losing, you know, weekend after weekend, it's hard to get a litmus test. But let me go to the Pac-12 because the Big 12 is easy. We'll get to that here in a second because everybody thinks that conference is good. But you're mm-hmm. watching UCLA and Arizona. At what? At what point do you look at UCLA and think they should be better, or do you just like Arizona that much?
2: I mean, that game was just ugly. Like It was ugly. I-, I know that they both have good – UCLA has definitely improved on defense like by leaps and bounds from where they were, certainly before uh, McCronin got there. I mean, they were god-awful before that. But watching that game and then watching – Michigan State-Indiana yesterday felt like completely different sports. (laughs) I I don't know, maybe it was just an off-shooting night for both the Bruins and the Wildcats, but they're both on the two-seed line right now, and again, teams that I don't trust to make the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Add to that, how about KU's loss to TCU, the worst home loss in two years for that KU squad? They lose to K-State the game before, and now you have a stretch of Baylor, Kentucky, K-State, Iowa State, and Texas on deck for KU. Uh, you start the year, what, was it 16-0, and and now you're on a, a, a two-loss streak? you're facing off against a lot of these teams in either the Big 12 or now the SEC uh, in regards to Kentucky and you where do you where do you kind of place KU into the mix of all this stuff because now that they've lost two straight there's no way you can keep them up in the top 5
2: Yeah, I mean they lost uh lost those two games to Kansas State TCU. No bad losses whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They still have they're tied with Purdue for the most quadrant 1 wins um in the country at least as of yesterday i haven't looked this morning but if you take out the recency bias like they have the most quality wins i still have them at number four overall completely agree in part because i mean are you putting ucla or arizona up there are you putting texas ahead of kansas right now like there's just nobody really that deserving even though it feels like kansas shouldn't be up there um but i i'm not surprised that they're Going through a little something here, they have one of the shortest rotations in the country, and they played the one of the toughest non-conference schedules before one of the toughest conference schedules. Like they, I, I don't think they appreciated how exhausted they were, were going to get at this point in the season. I mean, it feels like Grady Dick is really hitting that proverbial freshman wall lately, and Jalen Wilson can't beat these Big Twelve teams by himself. So I, I think they'll they'll rally. They might lose a, a few more games here in the next few days, but they've done so much good to this point that it still feels like they're they're on the path for a one seed.
0: You know, the reason I ask that, or, or the reason I say that I thought they would be knocked out of the top five is I watched UNC go through a similar stretch early on this season where they lost mm-hmm. to Iowa State and then they lost to Bama and then all of a sudden they were 18th in the country. Um, so uh, I guess, you know, maybe now that we're deeper into the season, that, that weighs more?
2: I mean, they, they certainly might drop out of the top five in the AP poll. I, I couldn't care less about the AP poll from a bracketology perspective. But yeah, I mean, North Carolina was already struggling before they went through that road. Like they, they barely beat James Madison. Um, uh, I know they struggled a bit with Charleston, which actually ended up not being a, a disappointing struggle. Now the Charleston's one got 20 in a row since that loss, but um, Kansas obviously did did a whole lot more good mm. before this you know rough stretch than North Carolina yeah. did.
3: Yeah, I understand that. Carrie, let me ask you something because you mentioned Indiana, and I was tell in the first segment I was telling Andrew when they're going and Shafino is playing well, I know they're not gonna get X back for a while, but let me let me ask it to you a different way. Teams that probably need some consistency at the point guard spot to really cement them. I submit to you, Indiana, with Trace Jackson Davis and potentially a healthy race, Thompson. UConn, who's been shaky at the point guard spot. And Kansas. One of those three teams, if they get some steady, consistent quality play at point guard, who do you like?
2: Can I, can I add Gonzaga to the well? Mix isn't that and, something? And though, yeah, yeah, completely <laughs> yeah, agreed. But I, I think Gonzaga's.
3: I I think Gonzaga's one of the top teams in the country still.
2: Yeah, I mean they had that bad. What was it? Loyola Marymount, I believe, beat them uh, in the kennel. Just yep. never happens. Broke like fifty different streaks all at once. <laughs> but I, I I'd say of those three, I I still trust Kansas, even though Harris has been not. Great lately. I know he got hurt uh, yeah. in the Kansas State. Looked like he might have gotten a concussion, but then he came back. So I guess he didn't get a concussion, unless he's got two attack by Low's doctors. Who knows what's going on? But I, I think the they have the you know Jalen Wilson aside from Zach Eady, Jalen Wilson National Player of the Year right now. When Grady Dick is hitting threes, they're almost un, unbeatable as long as Harris isn't just committing turnovers left and right, which he doesn't. He, he's pretty solid point guard. He's not Frank Mason, but he, he's good enough um, to get them through. So I, I, I would say of those three, Kansas. But yeah, Indiana when when anybody other than Jackson Davis shows up, I mean, Tamar Bates was just drilling threes yesterday against Michigan State. Trey Galloway's had a good couple of games. And Cop is capable of making shots. So, yeah. They, they certainly should be better. I mean, they were supposed to be the best team in the Big Ten and there wasn't really even any debate about that in the preseason. I mean, it's disappointing how how close to the bubble they have been.
3: What does UConn do in the backcourt to provide them some consistency? Mm.
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, Tristan Newton looked really good early in the year, and now that's kind of obviously fallen off a bit. Um, Really, they need Sunogo to just be that guy, right? Trace Jackson Davis, Drew Timmy, Jalen Wilson, these big men, they'll just take over when it needs to happen. And we haven't really seen that from the like he had some great statistical games early in the year but now that they've been struggling he's kind of going like you know 10 6 and 2 on a regular basis and he needs to be that dude for them um until the guards can you know figure it out and, and help them out but I, I think the the allure of connecticut earlier on was that they had nine guys any of them could dominate and it it makes it feel like they're more you know averse to a, a bad stretch like they've gone through but they haven't had those nine guys really stepping up for them anymore hey
0: Kerry, um about a minute and a half here uh keep it in the big east as you look at creighton where do you have them in your bracketology report yeah, and point. how important um is the stretch in february for them to you know kind of gain yeah they gain can st- they, got, they
3: got a, they can stack some wins here
2: yeah, they're, they're definitely the toughest team right now. right? I think they're 20th in the net. Uh, the, the quality metrics, you know, Ken Pommel, whatnot, they're on average around 15th. So, you know, the, the predictive metrics say this is a Sweet 16 caliber team. The resume says this team might not belong in the field. I have them as a 10 seed right now, uh, and I'm not even, you know, really taking into account the, that Ryan Kalkbrenner was out for three of those games that they lost uh, during that six-game losing streak. I, I, that's certainly important. I think that's something the committee will discuss, but I think basically every team has some sort of injury that they have to discuss by that point. So I, I kind of just ignore it for now and just look at the numbers, and I think they're okay. I think they should get in if they can, you know, live up to their predictive metrics the rest of the way.
3: Kerry, real quick, with St. John, Xavier, Georgetown, and Nova, two home games in that. 4-0 gets – 4-0, you feel a lot better about – the prowess meeting the expectations
2: yeah i mean you almost have to win those four games yeah i think they have four games left against the other definite tournament teams uh in the conference and if they even if they were to go zero and four in those games as long as they take care of business in the other eight i guess the bottom half of the league i think they get in.
0: carrie thanks so much man we appreciate it we'll talk again soon three of the four at you
2: home. got it take care thanks yeah, Kerry.
0: a great note there gary davenport's next
1: Next Sunday, on the road to Kansas City. Nowhere else we'd rather be. Best Sunday's of your life. Let's get ready and take let's it on the road. It. Who's right uh, breaking it break You gotta break Who they? Who Who think go them Who 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 think go them
0: I think the answer to that question is the whole world because tickets were being sold for that KC Buffalo game prior
3: to the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. And all bias aside, I think we over – because he's had some, you know, clock management things and, you know, Cincinnati was the streaky team last year and we said, oh, are they really that good? And kind of, oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Zach Taylor and that coaching staff – had a day yesterday coaching circles around Buffalo. Like, I think we kind of understated or understate the camaraderie and what he means to that team in terms of their leadership because he appears to be the perfect guy for that football team. He. He
0: is the older Joe Burrow on the sidelines. like he's cool, he's calm, he's collected, he can be a little cocky in times, he can be confident in other times, and he can also back up everything that he uh, says and does.
3: How about my favorite? Because um, last year and the year before last, I, we did a top five of guys that I would take off Nebraska's current roster to play that I would play with. CTB, mm-hmm. Cam Taylor Britt was in that yeah, top five.
0: Think about what he means to that team.
3: Just, just just knowing his personality, right? He's feisty. He's competitive. I always said he was a better athlete than people really gave him credit for. Like, oh, how fast is he? How I mean, that? And all that's fine. I mean, he's answering those questions, too. He's close. And I was saying this with, with Hap on social media yesterday. He's close. Another good stretch run here half a season he's close to becoming a steal in the nfl mm-hmm. draft a steal in the nfl draft as a fairly high draft pick right was he fourth round was was ctb fourth round cam taylor Britt. yeah i thought he was earlier than that yeah uh, i'm probably shorting him i'm probably shorting him. was he third i thought he was a second ah that sounds high I could be wrong. No, no big deal. deal. That sounds high. I could be wrong. Nope, he's a second-rounder, 60th pick. Close to becoming a steal. 60th overall pick. Mm-hmm. Do you, See, I like the games within the games, right? So, I, full disclosure, I fell in love with watching San Francisco's run-blocking schemes in the second half. Because once— I don't know how you don't fall in love with them every single time they play Because But I'm not even watching the—like— I don't know, like, I'm not all that fun to watch games with sometimes because I'm watching other things other than what's going mm, on sure. where the ball is because I think the bigs will take me to it. And after McGlinchey got Reggie White humped, like, it seemed to wake him up, right, because Micah Parsons put it on him, and it was trending on Twitter, and I'm like, you know, you got you to gotta slow down the monster that is Micah Parsons. You got to run the football. Dallas got in what I call a two two eyes that means they put their D tackles head up over the guards you don't i don 't know how much you see it it doesn't seem like you see it a ton um, anymore, but I watched San Francisco in the second half make all these little schematic changes and I like the the game within the game, especially up front, just like I like how they move CTB all over the place yesterday. Sometimes he's outside the numbers. Sometimes he can get in and play over the slot. He's good in run defense. Um, He's probably, in the last four or five years, of guys, of competitors, he's probably the most competitive person that Nebraska had on their roster. He was like that in practice. He was like that in games. He responded well after being benched. Remember the famous Mm -hmm. fair catch? Not fair catch, running it out of the end zone. It was the first points that they gave up in that season. He had a little talking with Coach Shenander and those guys early on. Had to rest for a little while. he come stay over here. And he bounced back to ball. I said, you know what? That cements my love. That cements my love for a guy that it doesn't always have to be rainbows and butterflies for him to function. Mm -hmm. And that's a guy you do not have to babysit. I'm telling you, they're coaches' dreams. You could walk away, say, I want these drills ran, I'll see you on Thursday, and I don't have to worry about a thing. It'll get done. That's
0: CTB. We're waiting on uh, Gary Davenport, and we're trying to get him on. We tried to get him on last week, and if we hey, can't, so we we'll keep apologetic. trying. Hey, so apologetic. I thought I we had him. I know. We'll keep trying. Hey, <laughs> keeping it with C, uh, CTB here, if you had to redo the 2022 draft and you're looking for a corner, CTB was the ninth corner off the board. Now, you don't put him above Sauce. You don't put him above Stingley Jr., although he could compete up that high. After going ninth, where would you take Cam well, Taylor-Britt? Would you take him before? Give me the, give me the rundown of corners. So it went, it went Stingley first the and two. then yep. Sauce, yep. and then it went McDuffie to Kansas City.
3: I like McDuffie, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. It
0: went um, Kyrie Elam. It's, is that Elam?
3: Elam. Elam, Florida corner, s- went start, to Buffalo. S- starting to play better. Right. But I, right now, I take CTB above Elam. Kyler Gordon to the Bears. I would have taken
0: I've CTB. I would have taken CTB. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Alante Taylor, Taylor. New Orleans. Uh, out of Tennessee. Push. And did I miss one? I feel like I missed one. I mean, yeah, he probably moves up. Andrew Booth Jr. to the Vikings. Yeah, I'd take him out of Booth. He can do more. So Cam Taylor Britt already seems like a slam
3: dunk. He's
4: for I'm, t- I'm telling banks. you
3: he's you know he's a player to, you don't have to he's I'm, a competitor you just trust that he's going to find a way to mm-hmm. get it done and I, I'm riding with those guys right it's like I just got into this knockdown drag drag out argument at the barbershop the other day and we were talking about high school quarterbacks and this that and the other and you know somebody was coming as 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 I was leaving and it was well, you know, such and such isn't that good and look at such and such as offers and I'm in my head all and I'm not because it can easily come across as just vouching for your guy. But listen, what are the things that I gravitate towards? I, I want competitiveness, I want winners, I want guys that I don't have to micromanage that don't care about the fluff. So for me personally, and this is just on a high school level, I'm riding with Anthony Rizak. Right? Like I'm taking the guy mm-hmm. That I know goes to get work in, that competes, that finds ways to win over some other guys that may get a lot more fluff, right? Because right. he's right. a winner. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm, because oh. I just think coaches think, and this is how CTB is, right? And you don't have to ride the upside of like a Taylor or an Elam. If a guy's gonna be a seven every day, I said this last week. I'll figure out how to get some advantages. Just don't be a two-one day and a ten the next. Those guys drive coaches crazy because you wait around and you coach around waiting for a ten. Give me a seven and consistency, and I'll we'll scheme you up, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and that's that's just that's just what I gravitate towards, and it's just amazing how. We fall in love with potential and talent. And at some point, winning matters. Like, are you winning? Are you a winner? Do you play your best? When it matters the
0: most. It's what I brought up during a commercial break with you about Josh Allen. I said, can Buffalo yeah, win that a was, Super that Bowl was interesting. with Josh Allen?
3: I couldn't even really answer the
0: question. And the reason I asked that question is because this is a question I've had answered before. The alien? The alien. I had answered this question before in regards to Vladimir Tarasenko with the Blues. People, Everybody kept saying, I don't think you can win a, a cup with Tarasenko. I think you need to move him, build around your team more to win because Tarasenko isn't the guy to win you a Stanley Cup, which it proved to be that way because Bennington ended up being the guy that mm-hmm. won you that Stanley Cup. But when you look at Josh Allen, he's supposed to be the guy. We back him every season as if he is the guy. Buffalo was the favorite he, to win this year he because was the, uh, Josh Allen to win the MVP, was right? the guy out there mm-hmm. throwing the football. But you watch Josh Allen play this year, and I'm not convinced he's the guy. I'm not convinced Buffalo can ever win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen as their quarterback. Eight
3: eight eight six three eight four eight seven six. Is it recency bias that we're questioning whether he's a winner? Because he's maybe he, a little bit. Because he hasn't won before. Mm-mm. He ain't winning college. And so far, they haven't get there. And so far, far they haven't. But One they can't get the over N- the hump in the NFL. Would
0: you take Mahomes over him? Yes. Elf- would you take Burrow over him? Yes. There are quarterbacks that I would rather, would, that I think come out of the AFC more times than Josh Allen. Yeah, would. Burrow's a winner, though.
3: Mahomes is a winner. Josh Allen, we talk about him being a winner. Do you know, I saw a stat the other day. This is going to test me because you brag me up about being able to remember numbers. I think Patrick Mahomes is either fourth or fifth in fourth quarter come-from-behind victories. And if you pit him against the rest of the guys that are on the list, he trails Kirk Cousins by like three or four games. But Kirk Cousins has... How many uh, extra games on him? And I think Kirk Cousins has like 23. And Mahomes has like 19. Something like that. Patrick Mahomes, for his young, he's a winner. He's the only aforementioned guy that if they're down by double digits, you're probably still taking that guy. Mm-hmm. He's the MVP. He's the, he's the best quarterback in football, and I don't even really think it's close.
0: We'll continue this conversation as we head over to Morning Dump, but that's it for today on Coffee and Cream. We will see you tomorrow.